When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Welcome to it. Monday's here at Tail Varsity Radio, and we welcome you in as Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, set to go the next couple of hours. Numbers to get in, 489-1240, 489-1240 to dial us up. Toll-free across the state, 1-800-825-5865. You can always watch the show and enter on in the stream, the Hail Varsity YouTube channel or Hail Varsity Radio Twitter at H Varsity Radio. The Blackshirt Hour going on in the five o'clock hour. Mr. Blackshirt Charlie McBride will join us. We'll get Uncle Charlie's take on the Blackshirt defense, his thoughts on the Northern Illinois win by Nebraska and uh, Nebraska's situation moving forward. Jay Moore of Big Red Wrap Up. Uh, Jay Moore will be with us also in hour two. Elijah, how was the weekend? I thought you were going to be wandering in traffic with the Hail Mary that made you smile and the two-point attempt that made you cry as a Denver fan. What's up, man? Did you survive Sunday after a late Saturday? I did. I did. Um, That tone is very matter-of-fact. There's a little sadness in that tone. I get it. A little bit bit of sadness. There was a moment. There was a moment, Schmitty. And that ball was in the air, gets tipped around and caught in the end zone. It was miraculous. Oh, yeah, you're telling me. There's a moment there where in the back of my mind, I thought this is what the Broncos needed to get back on track. It's a new era under Sean Payton. Russ has been looking for some confidence. It wasn't always there today. You're going to go out there. It's the Hail Mary, miraculous. You get the two-point conversion. You take it to overtime. You drive down the first series and win it. And as quickly as I had that thought, it goes away. No pass interference called in the back of the end zone, despite the fact that Cortland Sutton got mugged. It's almost like the referees don't like Sean Payton after he raised a, a whole stink about that pass interference in the playoffs a couple of years ago, and they don't want to call any, any PIs for any Sean Payton teams anymore. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. Don't get me wrong here, but as a Broncos fan, I've, I've seen enough over the past couple of years. I saw enough yesterday. It, it's uh, the Broncos are staring down the barrel of the gun of another awful season, another lost season. And at least they have their first round pick this year. I'll just say that at least they have their first round. Well, pick. you have advocated for, for tanking. You went on Twitter at herbal essence is where you find Elijah. And he's like, just start tanking now and uh, get us the quarterback of the future. Get Caleb Williams or dare I say, just help should do or move down the road because of course, Colorado stays America's team for another week until Uncle Phil and Oregon go nuke them 
or at least cover the 22 and a half point spread. You're supposed to do that as a favorite, you know, at home. Uh, we'll get to buff night as in unison, the bar I was at, Nebraska fans were screaming and cheering like Nebraska was on TV. But instead, they were rooting for their old friend, Jay Norvell, who used to wear Billy C's headset as OC, trying to help Jay Norvell will the Rams to shock the world. It did not happen. You mentioned a, a, a new feeling, a new start. This could be the moment of the turnaround. I don't know if we're going to look back on the Northern Illinois win as that, but it's better than what's been the alternative. Two and nine. With backup quarterbacks, uh, that's Nebraska's record, the last 11. Sam McEwen had that stat in his column this morning. Give Sam credit for that. And uh, what did happen Saturday night is enough offense, a little complimentary football, and a killer defense yet again for Nebraska that uh, keeps the fans in their seats and wanting more with how well Tony White has that defense rocking and rolling. So we'll get into the the news of the day here in a moment, but hope you all had a good weekend. Bumped into a few of you at the single barrel for the pregame show. It was awesome to see everyone. And, hey, Nebraska's a winner. You can't always say that anymore, uh, unfortunately, if you're a Nebraska fan. But they got the job done. They got the job done with, uh, you know, the Carney kid. And uh, they got the job done with some defense. And dare I say it, 96 rushing yards in the fourth quarter. Have you, will you, do you care what it looks like? Yes, you do as a a Nebraska fan. You care what it looks like. But I'm saying this style where it is slugging through the mud, eventually uh, get the team into their corner. They are unable to withstand the body blows that Coach Rule talks about. And what's 14-3 to with too many shots to the body turns into 35-11. to It's a win. It's a cover. You're happy uh, that that's the result as a Nebraska fan. But it's not exactly sexy. And right now, you don't care about sexy. If you're a Nebraska football fan, you, you just want the yes, right? And you got to win. And uh, Nebraska moves on. Uh, Louisiana Tech comes to town Saturday. Well, it's funny, Schmitty, because as, as we all ramp up for Michigan at two thirty. It's and it's funny because you, you you throw Michigan in there. I was sitting here preseason, wondering, man, what the hell are we going to talk about between Northern Illinois and Louisiana Tech? And as I should have running known, backs it, and quarterbacks in Nebraska, <laughs> something's going to come up. We got plenty to talk about this week as we actually have our first phone caller of the day, and you can give us a call. 402-489-1240. That's 402-489-1240. Also, 800-825-5865. I have a feeling what the phone call is going to be about, Schmitty. I think so. Who's with us? We have Paul on the line. Paul, go for it. Talk to me. I'll take any win anytime. Uh, I hate when it's an ugly win because that uh, gives us an idea that maybe we aren't that good. But, hey, win's a win. Uh what I really wanted to talk to is on uh, the injury bug. Can we call an exterminator and get that knocked out of the system, please? You know, that'd be, that'd be nice. Now, the guy who's been the king of development in college football the last few years with his previous stops is going to uh, 
work hard at, at making sure things get developed. You, you can develop other spots maybe more in an accelerated fashion than you can on the offensive or defensive line, Paul. So yeah. there's the hope there. You've got a guy that if he can hold on to the football is your most talented, explosive running back, and you have a large sample size with AG there carrying the football. What we don't know about Emmett Johnson, although his film in high school was good enough to catch Ron Brown's eye, and he's been waiting his turn, not hitting the portal. Quentin Ives, also a guy that caught the eye of E.J. Barthel when he was at Connecticut, and uh, Temple also liked him. So there are options, but there's two more unknowns. What we What's knew about Gabe Irvin, what we knew. Go ahead. What's up with Prohaska? I think they're just kind of working him in slowly so they don't rush it. He at least got nine snaps. Maybe that nine turns to 18 or more next time, and maybe he's ready uh, football-wise to go against Michigan. And that, that's I think the, that's that was the feel the I get from the outside. There's a difference between a guy being in shape and being in football shape. He's got a clean bill of health, I th- I, a clean bill of health, I should say, at least from what I've been told. I think they're working him in towards a place where he's going to be ready to go to start against Michigan so you're not just throwing a guy into the fire out of shape because, as I said, football shape and being in shape are two different things. Yeah. So clean bill of health, but, uh, but trying try to slowly work him back. Any Paul, thoughts appreciate about, oh, go ahead, guys. Have a great day. No, is it, appreciate you. No, that's fine. And we uh, appreciate Paul's call, 489-1240-800-825-5865. We'll get to some of your stream comments as well. But, Elijah, let me put it to you this way. As a Nebraska fan, what are you more worried about, quarterback or running back? Based on what I've seen thus far this year, Schmidt, I think it's it's quarterback because quarterback's been the guy not only that is leading the offense, but it's also the guy that's been your leading rusher every single game. So, uh, yeah, I got to go with the quarterback right away. I mean, you have a guy in Anthony Grant that that was a bell cow for you last year, took the lion's share of your snaps. He's been there. He has done that. You feel all right aside from the fumbling issue about Anthony Grant and his ability, but you didn't really have that as an issue last year for the for the the Husker football team with Anthony Grant. He had a couple fumbles, but I wouldn't have called it an issue. So I'm much more worried about the quarterback and the quarterback dilemma moving forward that Nebraska is in because you have a guy that's been your anointed one for nine months now in Jeff Sims, and he hasn't lived up to the expectations thus far. And Matt Rule said it, you don't lose a job because of injury, but Heinrich Harburg comes in and performs admirably on Saturday and, and really put in a, a strong performance for his audition to be Nebraska's starter moving forward. I still think Sims is probably the guy whenever they trot out there on Saturday. I think you know what you have in Harburg, and I think you can have a, a shorter leash on Jeff Sims moving forward. But uh, I think that's probably where Matt Rule's bigger concern is, along with Marcus Satterfield this week, is what are we going to do at the quarterback position? Because I don't think as of right now, those coaches know who necessarily who's going to be the starter against Louisiana Tech. I think they're probably going to have an open week of competition to figure that out. And you, and you do know who's going to be at running back position on Saturday. It's going to be Anthony Grant. You do have two best friends, though, with a backup quarterback or a quarterback that you want to manage versus put the game in his hands. It's uh, your, your tight end. We have two best friends on offense anyway. Your tight end in your running game, right, to take some of that pressure off of your quarterback. Nebraska able to lean on the run game and use a quarterback – and a physical guy like Harburg as part of the run game. So 
I don't think Nebraska's got a dilemma at all at quarterback. Let me tell you why. Because if Sims is healthy enough to go, he goes. If he does not take care of the football or the offense is sluggish under him, then you make a change. Again, the team is first in this. And whoever gives you the best chance to win, you're going to go back to Sims and say, son, we're glad you're healthy. We believe in you. You've got all the talent in the world. You are uh, explosive in the ground with, with your legs. And you have some nice arm talent and elite 11 quarterback. It needs to show up in Lincoln on Saturday at, at 2.30. And you don't forget Harburg. But you let Sims get comfortable. You let Sims settle in. And if he's not up to the task post-injury, then you make the change. You also you also get Sims some reps. You get him some series. You can rotate him. But Sims is the guy that's under center if he's healthy enough to go. Keeping with that, you don't lose your job to injury. The other, aside from this, is if it is practice, everyone's healthy, rule set it today. The, the guy who has the best practice is going to be playing. Who has the best week of practice at, at each position group? That's who's going to play. And if Sims doesn't, if he's healthy but doesn't have a great week of practice, there's still turnover issues, that's your justification to go a different route. So you have one game uh, to, to judge Harburg on. You have two games against two pretty tough opponents to judge Sims on. Does he flip it around with a, a second opportunity here to make a better impression? That's what he needs to do to keep being the quarterback at Nebraska. You know what you got in Harburg, and there's a ton of upside for Harburg that you have now and into the future. So it's a tough call for Rule, but I think it's going to be an obvious call, and practice will dictate that this week. Well, and the dilemma that, that I see here is less about the Louisiana Tech game and more about what's looming Michigan. against Michigan. Louisiana Tech is supposed to be a tune-up game, just as, as Northern Illinois was, to get you ready for whenever Michigan comes to town. And I don't think you want to be jerking around with having two quarterbacks on the field against Louisiana Tech, and now oh, we're using this game to evaluate who's going to start next week. It's about building the confidence and, and knocking the kinks out of the guy that is going to be starting against Michigan. So that's what I think the dilemma is this week, is you have one week to decide who's going to start for you two weeks from now, in my humble opinion. Because you've heard sure. it from a lot of people in football. If you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. You need to have that guy that has the confidence and the the, the respect of his teammates at a point. And, and you want to be able to have that Louisiana Tech game that, you know what, if Heinrich Harburg still has some more, he needs to get hammered out before Michigan comes to town. He gets to take those lumps against Louisiana Tech whenever you can make some more mistakes and still leave the game with a win. Or on the other side, it's Jeff Sims, where you know what he does against big-time op- opposition. If he does come in and start against Louisiana Tech, which I think he probably will, and has a, a good-looking game, you feel good about that, but does he regress back to what he was whenever a big dog comes to town? That's the concern, and that's why I think there is a real quarterback concern this week because it's not about Louisiana Tech. It's about Michigan, and you have a couple of days of practice, in my humble opinion, to decide who is your starter moving forward for the season, and that's why I probably lean towards Sims. That was the guy you've picked, and you, you can have a short leash and say, you know what, Sims, if, if you have any mistakes, we have a guy in Heinrich Harburg backing you up that we feel really good about. Well, and, you know, if there's a pick that's flipped or tipped, I should say, that isn't, that isn't an obvious Sims what-the-hell moment, 
then then you give him a little bit uh, a leadway. We'll get to the call. Hang on, if you're on the if you're on the line, stay there. We'll get to you on the other side. I don't want to shortchange the caller. Okay. Uh, have him hang on. Four eight nine twelve forty or eight hundred eight two five five eight six five. With with Sims and in, in Harburg, I love your take. Who's going to be ready for Michigan? This football program and this head coach is looking at one rep, one snap, one play at a time, one game at a time. They're going to look at it as, all right, who's going to give Nebraska the best chance? Who's ready for Louisiana Tech? Not necessarily who's ready for Michigan. They aren't fast forward in two weeks. I, I guarantee you because you got too green of a quarterback in Harburg and you've got a guy you're trying to get up off the mat from a turnover bug in Sims. So they're going to look at this thing in a vacuum and approach it that way. We'll get to some of your emails, Chris at HaleVarsity.com. And as promised, some more of your stream comments, phone lines for you this whole hour as uh, we're with you on a Monday. It's Hale Varsity. And uh, you can also stream us the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hail Varsity Radio is live. Now, back to Schmitty. Schmitty's a great guy, but he don't have a brain. And Elijah. You want me to speak? When I point you, yeah. On Hail Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. It's Hale Varsity Radio on a Monday. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal can find us on some socials, can watch the show, the Hale Varsity YouTube channel, the Hale Varsity Radio Twitter feed at HVarsity Radio, and some comments to get to as well. As uh, we have this from Brando's Sports World, we got the W. Now let's go get five more and go bowling. It's doable, right, guys? Uh, looking at the Big Ten West, yes, it is very doable. Uh, I don't know where Nebraska's quarterback situation is going to be. I, know, I don't know what Nebraska's running back situation is going to be. I don't know what Nebraska's ball security situation is going to be. It needs to be carbon copied minus one against Northern Illinois. Uh, that's trip sack. But, hey, the defense stepped up got tough and held them to three. But I think there's absolutely a drive for six on the schedule. We'll see if Nebraska can answer that bell. Big Nude kickoff is just going to move into Boulder, I think, because they are going to be there for Colorado hosting USC on September 30th. Uh, Shock, surprise, I get it. Uh, You have Brian that's uh, sad when it comes to quarterbacks. First Aaron Rodgers, now Johnson and Irvin. My teams are cursed. 
Brian, get some of Joe Boo's rum and find a, uh, a bucket of chicken. I'm not going to go with the live chicken. Don't want Peter to lose their mind, but go find some chicken and, uh, and, and go the major league route. So uh, you have Cutter chiming in. We'll get to the quarterback here in a moment. Uh, HH looked more comfortable in the offensive system compared to Sims. Also, HH did what he needed to do and shouldn't be punished because he didn't play against tougher competition. He deserves a chance to lead. Listen, it's it's easy to go with the hot hand, and Harburg did nothing to not bring more confidence to the defense, the offense, the, the football team. I understand the confidence level's minimal in Sims, but the guy, if he looks good and performs the best this week in practice, Elijah, he'll get the nod. He'll get the nod. And he's got a little bit more leadway coming back from injury. Now, he needs to be effective. He needs to be competent. needs to be efficient. He can't endanger this football team. And that's really the question. And you'll get a chance to see and decide if he's him old, if, if he's his old self with uh, a little bit more confidence don't because don't forget i mean sims sims has got to bounce back physically and also mentally from those two first two weeks this guy's had uh, a ton of nil buzz and love going into this season that has died down Uh, what he does have is the support in the locker room uh, from teammates from his coaches from his quarterback room Uh, so i think that that chemistry part's very real and if he's not up for it, then it is going to be uh, Harburg's job to keep a hold of. And that's all right, too. This is important for Rule because I think you need to go to your guys, your single-digit guys, taking Sims out of the equation on it, of course, uh, and, and get, get the feedback from your team. I mean, listen to your seniors and some of your captains on this football team, what do they want? Let's have a let's have a talk. If I'm a part of this Nebraska football team, well, you have to ask yourself who gives you the best chance to win now. And I do. I like what I saw from Harburg on Saturday. I don't think his performance was flawless. I think a lot of Husker fans look back at it with some rose tinted glasses. Wasn't always comfortable in the pocket, and I mean, like I wouldn't have been comfortable either with the way some of those Northern Illinois defensive linemen were, were getting off their blocks and, and putting some pressure on Harburg. But he had some happy feet in the pocket at times. I think he missed some open guys in, in hopes of extending plays and getting outside. At the end of the day, a win's a win, and you can look at the, the huge positive, which is no really unforced errors from Heinrich Harburg at the quarterbacking spot. The one turnover uh, was more of an element of, of a, I think, an unlucky call against the blitz that the defense was bringing at that time. It happens. I don't quite like the execution, but it happens, and you, you, you tip your cap to your defense for bailing you out of that situation. Uh, but I'm not convinced that, that Heinrich Harburg is necessarily the guy that gives you the best chance to win now because we don't know what he can do against a, a Power 5 opposition. And you really like the upside. And you like the the thought that a guy like Heinrich Harburg can get better as the year goes on because we have a guy in Sims that started 30-plus games. How much more room for improvement does he have or is he already what he is? As for Harburg, he started one game. Does he have that, that upward trajectory where he can get better as the year goes on. And by the end of the year, he gives you the best chance to win, even though he might not give you the best chance to win. Now, these are, I'm sure, things that are all going through the coaching staff's mind right now. But at the end of the day, you have a defense that has shown it through three games. They are ready to win football games now. 
and that defense is going to give you a chance to win damn near every single game on the schedule this year. Who knows what Michigan's offense is going to look like against that defense, but I'd, I'd like to think that that defense is at least even going to give you a chance to be in it against Michigan. So who gives you the best chance to go out there and and put 14 to 21 points on the board? That, that might be all it takes this year based on how the defense is playing. Is it Harbaugh because he doesn't turn the ball over? Maybe. Is it Jeff Sims with how he can put the ball really on a frozen rope? He's got drive in his throw. You can see the arm talent, the ability to step up in the pocket. I think he does more favors to the offensive line based on his pocket presence. There's a reason why guys like Matt Rule and, and Marcus Satterfield are making millions of dollars, and I'm not. They have the hard decisions to make. My opinion in it really doesn't matter. I think Sims is probably the guy that gives you the best chance to win now, but if they sit back and say, hey, we like the upward trajectory, the, the upward mobility of a guy like Harburg to get better as the year goes on and by the time that you roll into November we have a better chance with Harburg you know what I I think you respect that but I think the key is whoever you have playing against Louisiana Tech needs to be the guy that goes against Michigan I think you have five days to to pick your starter for two games because I don't think starting a guy against Louisiana Tech and then throwing the other guy back into the fire against Michigan is a winning formula you need to see both of them you need to see both of them on Saturday whoever gets the start great who plays better within the game uh, kind of springboarding off practice. Anonymous chimes in the old cliche. If you have two quarterbacks, you really have no quarterbacks. But if you have no quarterback, go ahead and play two. Split the carries, keep them healthy. Use Sims also as a running back wide receiver. That's something that's been out there. Uh, you know, use Sims similar to what Nebraska did with McCaffrey as kind of that slash option. And see how it rolls, whatever it takes to get some explosive plays. And to Nebraska's credit, they had some explosives. They had, I think, four to five of them against Northern Illinois. The other part of this, Elijah, do you know what what type of stock are you putting in the offensive performance against Northern Illinois? Are you able to apply that into Big Ten play? And I, I don't know. I know that there's lots of praise being given before kickoff and there's praise being given to northern illinois defense after kickoff so while it took a while you finally produced and in 35 points is nothing to sneeze at nebraska was averaging 12 for the love of god through through two games uh, and you've you've missed out on possessions nebraska's offense though needs to hold on to the ball put a drive together and at least be able to flip the field position uh, by getting a first down or two if they start a drive off in their own 20, 25-yard line. So uh, that's that's the goal, obviously, obviously is to go score and hold the football and, and wear down the opponent. But if you're not going to be able to get a productive drive, at least in a minimal standpoint, minimalist standpoint, get at least enough going to, to flip the field and let your defense go sing for a three and out and then set you back up. That was a flipping point, turning point of that ball game from offense to to defense back to offense through special teams. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you were worried. I think whenever that fumble happened inside the five, that, Oh, here we go again. But you get, I guess it's not quite complimentary that your offense turned the ball over inside your own 10 yard line, but it is complimentary football. Your defense able to get off the field and the offense 
uh, can go drive down and score after that and, and put a little more separation between you and your opponent in Northern Illinois. So you saw a little bit more complimentary football. And is some of that credit to Heiner Carberg with how he was able to lead by example from the front? It, it, it is something special within a team whenever your quarterback is the guy that's most willing on a first drive to put his shoulder down and fight for extra yardage, to fight for a first down, to go lay a, lay a lick on a defensive back as opposed to the other way around. That leading by example mentality does mean something. I think you saw the team take that spark whenever Heinrich Harburg, the Nebraska kid, is willing to go run through a defensive back's face. And you know what? Whenever he gets into the end zone, he's the most hyped guy on the field. Stuff like that is important within a team environment, not just from the, the rest of the offense that you get Stuff like Anthony Grant going and lowering the shoulder later in the game in a, in a, a moment in the game where the, the game, based on how your defense has been playing, feels pretty out of reach. He's still willing to go in and lowering the boom because what he saw from his quarterback earlier in the game or the fact that your defense has an offense that they look at and they go, all right, those guys are putting 100% on the field. We need to go out there and put 100% on the field because look what our quarterback's doing. He's willing to go run somebody over. That's something that's important in the stock here, not just for what your offense is, but what does that quarterback that you have mean to the rest of the team? Do you have a quarterback that the rest of the team wants to go and fight for? And I saw a performance from Heiner Carberg on Saturday that does show that the team wanted to go fight for the guy that you had at starting quarterback. And again, as I already said, I don't want to sound like a broken record here, but thank God I'm not the person that has to make that decision this week because it feels like every single time something new comes out of my mouth, I go, well, I think you can make a good argument for Heinrich. And then, oh, well, you can make a good argument for Jeff Sims. It's, it's going to just be a tough decision that I'm sure some coaches are going to be losing some sleep over this week. Well, just it's really a decision that uh, both quarterbacks right now, let's call, let's say all three, right? Say, say Chuba, they have the opportunity to make their case, right? And that's, that's, the reality of it. So Matthew chimes in, uh, nobody better acts surprised if Sim starts, turns the ball over three times, gets booed, and Rule doesn't pull him right away. Uh, the, the quarterback is a delicate, delicate spot. You got to be psychologist. You got to be uh, also uh, head coach. You got to have all sorts of different but, but one, you, you know this you know this well but one thing that as, I, as, I do appreciate from what we saw from Jeff Sims on Saturday is he did act like a single digit guy in that despite the fact that he wasn't playing he's the guy over on the sideline walking through film with Heiner Carver he's there pregame giving tips to Heiner Carver he was not a guy that that looked like he was angry about the fact that he wasn't starting that's what you want from a single supportive. digit guy you lead by example in that way even when you aren't on the field he's going to be the guy on the sideline that you know what, I know this guy is gunning for my job right now, but what's more important is the team. And I'm going to make sure that I do everything I can to prepare this guy so that the team wins. And you know what, if that's to my own detriment, it's okay because it's to the team's benefit. Cutter nails it as he says, look, at least Nebraska has two options at quarterback. There could be a guy named Rocky playing quarterback who is just atrocious throwing the football. Uh, 70 years of college. They're called doctors, right? That's the Tommy Boy line. We'll keep rolling on a Monday. More thoughts from Coach Rule. Hail Varsity continues. And now. And now. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back with you. It's Hail Varsity as Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal have you streaming. And, of course, wherever you hear us across the Hail Varsity Radio Network, Hail Varsity YouTube Hail Varsity Radio, Twitter at HVarsity Radio. Brian made me laugh during the break when I read this. 
And, you, you know, you have teams that they call old teams. Uh, it's pretty good. A feel-good story about Rocky. As I heard that his grandkids were able to come down to Lincoln and see Pop Pop play. <laughs> Rocky, at, at seven years of college, might have a mortgage, might have some thin in hair. It's all right. Had to make that switch for the misses from a two-door to a four-door. Or maybe Rocky just has a minivan. I mean, and I, I kind of feel feel for Rocky Lombardi because he's had two starts at Memorial Stadium. And I guess some uh, some older Big 8 quarterbacks probably have similar memories of Memorial Stadium. But it's been a little bit different within the past 15 to 20 years. That dude has just gotten killed every single time he's been in the Memorial Stadium grass. Because you remember, he got smoked on a, uh, on a blindside hit from Deontay Williams back the first right. time he was in Lincoln in the snow that set up Nebraska's game-winning field goal. Absolutely smoked on the blind side, fumbled it, Nebraska recovered. I'm sure that was uh, one that was, left him a little black and blue after that game. And then again on Saturday, he was, he was seeing ghosts out there from the Nebraska front four. They were, they were getting after him, and he had a couple of sacks that I think can be credited to God or maybe the wind. I'm not quite sure. Maybe you just credit it to the ghost that he was out there seeing it. The turf monster. The, tur- the turf monster is, is who's going to get the credit for that. But yeah, I, I don't uh, think he's had positive reviews of his time at Memorial Stadium, though. No, two games, a total of nine points for for one Rocky Lombardi, the pride of somewhere in Iowa. But uh, he's got a he's got a football guy's name. Let's hear from Coach Rule here. We'll keep your comments coming. You want to make a phone call? Do it. It's eight hundred eight two five. 5865 or 489-1240. Uh, Rocky came from Des Moines Valley. Uh, same spot as Maddie Kubik. Brent, thank you for the heads up. I think we met Brent at the blur parties in Boulder, if uh, memory serves. And that's Brent, pretty funny. She, he says she didn't know him because she was in third grade when he was there. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Age difference, right? So let's jump to Coach Rule. And we touched on the running back situation to start the show. And uh, here is Coach Rule making that announcement here at the presser today. Uh, just a couple of uh, injury announcements. First of all, at, at quarterback, um, uh, Jeff was able to practice last night. So we'll go through the week uh, with him, see what his status is in the game. You know, just full disclosure, I won't make any comments until game time, um, just for competitive reasons, obviously. But, um, you know, we'll try to get all three quarterbacks ready to play this week. Um, in injury news, we had some guys' uh, seasons end early, unfortunately, on Saturday. Um, Ramirez Johnson uh, left surgery for a shoulder, dislocated shoulder and uh, serious enough that he'll miss the year. Gabe Irvin um, dislocated his hip and left surgery on his hip, so he'll be done for the year. And uh, Dwight Boodle um, hurt his shoulder in the game and will have to have surgery, so he'll, he'll be done for the year. So. Um, the football impact aside, um, especially for Ramir, who's a senior, um, I can just tell you it's heartbreaking on this end. Um, um, it's an unbelievable, unbelievable young man, and um, you know, just um, a leader. So, uh, Gabe has done a great job for us. Excellent leader, excellent teammate. So, um, my, my my heart really hurts for those two guys. And Elijah, you could hear it in rules voice there if you've watched the the presser on twitter or stream you could see it in his eyes that he is absolutely broken for these guys because he uh cares a ton about him 
You're missing the veteran talent and toughness of Ramir. You're missing that thumper of Gabe Irvin. And you saw him fight as kind of the guy to come back. He's also a dude that really set the tone and bought in early for Nebraska. And Irvin loves to get lathered up and has been running the ball pretty well. Now, what you do have is Anthony Grant, your most explosive running back in position here to uh, to win that RB1 spot through a good week of practice and obviously holding on to the football. What we need to know about is Emmett Johnson. And Coach Rule touched on the former player of the year in Minnesota. Yeah, I think Emmett's, um, Emmett's been like – in, in, in Ramirez backup is like that third down back, catch the ball out of the backfield, excellent change of direction. I think the thing about Emmett is he's really smart, highly competitive. Um, you know, we, you hear us sometimes say, oh, you, he's like, he's one of us. Like, he's got that mindset, like, whatever it takes. If I said to Emmett, hey, can you go over and play safety this game? He'd say, yes, sir, and go over and find a way to do it. So I have a full confidence in Emmett. He's just, you know, as a loaded backfield, you know, with some older guys, he's just been waiting his turn. But he can run between the tackles. He can run outside. He can catch the ball, and he'll know all the protections. Uh, Quinton, um, Quinton's a big, powerful. You know, he's in the he's an eye back. You know, he's kind of a downhill runner. So um, he doesn't know everything. You know, because he's been reading off of a card. But he's been in all the meetings. You know, there's there's a reason why we do what we do and practice the way we practice and meet, so that when these things happen, guys are ready. Um, you know, Ramir, Ramir. Obviously, he was crushed, but he was out at practice last night, walking around, following him around, making sure he knew what he was doing. So um, all hands will be on deck. What you do have with this new staff is, and you've seen it on the defensive end with 25 to 35 guys shuffling in and out. They are a billion percent serious of development and getting guys ready. When this stuff pops up, you got to be ready versus learn on the job. And Nebraska will do everything in their power to get guys ready on the offensive side at the quarterback spot, at the running back spot, even on the offensive line spot. You hear Coach McBride talk about it a lot when it comes to coaching for depth. Well, it's been an asset for you because you got some of your studs on defense logging about 30 to 5, 35 to 40 snaps versus – being exhausted in, in week three because you're the best we got and you're all we got. So that, that mindset has been put into action by this coaching staff, and you got to feel good if you're a Nebraska fan that this staff will get that next man up ready. Now, is there going to be a gap? Probably initially, but at least there's going to be hopefully a smaller gap than what you've seen in past years. I mean, Nebraska's – Think of, the, think of the instances last year where you didn't have Casey Thompson, and that sucks for Casey with his ACL. He got lit up by Clemson. But think about where the offense went with Casey and then without Casey. You were, you were hosed because the guy that started last Saturday for you for Nebraska wasn't even in quarterback meetings. I mean, how, right? how fortunate are you when you look in contrast to what the quarterback spot was last year, then Nebraska has a third string running back who still has 12 division one starts under his belt. A guy that, that has been there that has done that, that knows what he is doing. 
Nebraska's fortunate in the depth in the running back room. And to have a second running back that's a freshman that's going to be able to get some limited snaps in, in Emmett Johnson, I believe a redshirt freshman, if, uh, if I my memory serves me correctly there. Yep, redshirt. That sounds like a situation that most colleges in the country are dealing with in a given year. You know what? You have your starter, and the backup is a guy that's a little bit more limited. He's newer. He doesn't know everything, but you feel comfortable about getting him in limited snaps. Nebraska is still somewhat fine. Obviously, it hurts to lose your top two backs, but of any of the spots on your entire team where you could lose your top two guys and still feel good about what's behind them is probably a running back spot. So whenever you take it with that context, I think you're gutted for Ramir. I think you're gutted for Gabe. I think Nebraska can still be fine. Well, we'll see. And it's going to come down to the line. We'll wind down our one on Hale Varsity. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this hour, it's Hale Varsity. As Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, reminder to get you buckled up. One of every three fatal crashes in Nebraska involves an alcohol-impaired driver. Why take chances? If you drink, don't drive. A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Our friend Brennan from the Black Hills chimes in. Very thankful to have a deep running back room and those one-season killers. But turnovers aside, uh, we know that Grant what Grant can do and he can be a, a, a game changer. And yeah, you're looking for, for, for more of that from Grant. You love his big play ability and, and the way he is uber physical. And I don't think you've seen it yet on offense. You've never seen an offensive targeting call, but you could have, he could have on Saturday night, the way he finished that runoff and then let some little defensive back know about it. So, Elijah, we'll, we'll talk with Coach McBride here in about 10 minutes. The world of the buffs go round and round. And if you're Henry Blackburn, not only have you had your parents' address or your address or your parents' cell phone numbers published to receive threats, but you've also been receiving death threats for the hit you put on Travis Hunter. Was it a classy hit? No. Was it, was it an ejectable hit? Yes. Instead, it was just a 15-yarder that in a game plagued with personal fouls and bitter hatred for in-state rivals. Uh, Colorado will eventually pay the piper. And this isn't hate towards the buffs because of a kid growing up in Nebraska watching the Nebraska-Colorado series, this is the fact that the whole world is much like the Colorado fan base on the Buffs bandwagon, and that thing will be empty when they get blown out. Uh, And what Colorado State did was what Nebraska fan was cheering about after a few cocktails and a first win of the season. There's a common enemy for a lot of folks in Big Red, and they wear that Buffalo gold. Uh, what a what a crazy game. And on the flip side of it, what a what a drive by Sanders to get them out of the one-yard line or one-inch line to go tie that thing up. It, that was remarkable. It was an early game-of-the-year candidate that I know who this state was cheering against. But what a job by Colorado to stay undefeated. Can you begrudgingly give that to the Buffs? I mean, there was a comment from Mark Jones after the game that made me laugh whenever Dion's going and looking for Norvell. He can't seem to find him in the crowd. Mark Jones says, do you believe now? 
And I remember sitting back and saying, man, I believed a hell of a lot more before tonight, actually. I thought this mm. Buffs team was serious, and now Colorado State moved the ball against them like their defense was Swiss cheese. So, uh, it's still, Coach Prime, it's still good for college football. I, I will dig my heels in on that and say what Colorado is doing right now is good for college football. It's bringing neutral fans to the game. It's bringing some excitement. It's bringing... Uh, storylines that aren't your Alabamas and your Georgias. And it's your... a different team to love or hate, yes. Elijah. Yes, and that in the long run is good for the game. Is it a bit of a, a wear? Yes, it is. It's wearing on me. I can't <laughs> lie. It's wearing on it's me. A, Elijah has ruled. He says it's a wear out. It's wearing on me. We aren't, we aren't wearing you out. Hey, hey like, I'll give him credit. You went 1-11 last year. If you want to storm the field and have some fun and make your football program fun, by all means. But, like, don't get mad whenever we make fun of you for, for storming the field against Colorado State. Well, at least at least maybe there can be a third episode of Dion in 60 minutes, right? I mean, that's that's incredible. Coach McBride, Uncle Charlie, Mr. Blackshirt on the way next hour with Hale Varsity. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Back with you, Tower 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio or at Herbal Essence for Elijah. can always follow the show, the uh, YouTube channel, Hale Varsity, or the Hale Varsity Twitter handle for radio at HVarsity Radio. So uh, we are efforting Coach McBride. We'll see if Uncle Charlie gets locked in. Or... Uh, it's more of us. I miss Charlie. We'll, we'll get coach on ASAP, but, um, a lot of feedback. We kind of ended our one talking about America's team, the Colorado Buffaloes. I'm kidding. Of course, as Nebraska fans punch the radio, why are you talking about Colorado? Totally get it. Obviously we're, we're, we're joking. <laughs> But uh, the good news is Nebraska won a game that was very losable in past seasons. That's been a reality. You have a quarterback controversy. You have a quarterback debate. You have a quarterback option. There I said it. You have options at quarterback. And the way I look at it is if I'm a Nebraska fan, I'm like, look, Harburg's a guy that we knew nothing about other than he was gathering dust, rightfully, wrongfully, not a lot of positive takes by the opposing staff, but you got him and you saw arm strength, you saw toughness, you saw a physical specimen that can quarterback run his way to some victories. You saw some arm talent where he made some nice throws and you've got a guy in Sims that a lot of colleges drooled over that just needs to take better care of the football. You've got a coaching staff that is going to get somebody ready. You got a defense that's going to be able to keep you in about every ball game without further ado. Let's get his take on Saturday night. Mr. Blackshirt with us. Charlie McBride joins us on Monday with Charlie coach. Thanks for a few minutes. Good to spend time with you. How are you? Oh, good. 
Am I am I going to be a quarterback expert today? Well, I wasn't gonna. I was gonna start with the defense, my man. <laughs> but we can sure talk quarterback for you. Well, I understand we lost a few running backs. Yeah, you've got uh, Gabe Urban out with a dislocated hip. You have Ramir Johnson out with a, se- a separated shoulder, and and now Anthony Grant, the guy that you need to take care of the football, is going to be your guy. That's he's your most explosive back, but how uh, how do you ballpark this? Let's start with let's start with Saturday night. What'd you think? What'd you like? Well, I think that uh, you know they came together pretty good when they were at home. I think that I thought that really helped. That was probably one of the main things because a lot of times that you know that first of all you're away from home with somebody. Starting at quarterback that didn't, you know, would have been better off at home to start with, number one, sure. and it would have been better off not to have a a league game, a conference game, the first thing right right off the bat. You know, usually with a kid like that, and you and you go back in history of anything, the first two or three games were usually you know, playing another team where it didn't count if you lost or something. And and he got put in a bad position, first of all, just to start it out with. And uh, I thought that, you know, that that, that game turned into kind of a catastrophe. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, for Sims. And, um, you know, then I, I, I'll be honest to tell you what I thought. I, I saw the spring game a little bit. And I've seen players before, and all I said to, to um, uh, whoever, Debbie, or whoever I was talking to at the time, that I thought that uh, that kid from Kearney is going to be a quarterback someday. You know, and I knew his athleticism showed and his speed showed. And so that it didn't surprise me what I saw Saturday. Uh, I think the kid's going to be a, a, a very good quarterback because uh, I think he's smart and I think he can throw good, good, good enough right now, and uh, he'll get better. And uh, with Sims, I think that it's going to help him to be at home. I, I'll tell you, people think it's bad to have two quarterbacks. <laughs> I'll guarantee you. Look at the running back situation. Mm-hmm. You know, and it can go fast. I mean, you get a guy with a, a he, all he has to do is dislocate something on his hands or something like that, and um, you know it's a bad deal. So to have two quarterbacks and how you how you play it or how you do it or if you do it, change them back and forth, which I I don't think he wants to do. Uh, I personally wouldn't want to do it, but I think that uh, what I saw last week. You know that uh, he's going to improve. He's going to get better. And but the old rule is, and I don't know what it is yet. Uh, and he said, if you get hurt, you come back. You're the guy. And so I would think probably that that's going to be what happens. I think he's probably going to go back and go with start with Sims. And if something happens in the game, uh, it may be all over. And you know he may change. He 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 has the 
he has the wherewithal right now to change without a lot of commotion, mm-hmm. you know, because they both played. So I, I, I'm kind of thinking that that's what he's probably going to do is, uh, you know, go ahead and start out with Sims and see how it goes. And then if something doesn't work out right, or even if it does, it may you may see either one of them, whoever starts the other guy come in in the second quarter. You know, you just don't know. It just depends on where we're, you know, where we're hanging. Charlie so, McBride's with us. It's Hale Varsity Radio. That's what I was going to ask, Coach. Do you play both? And and what what do you think the offense can kind of keep chugging towards, either if Sims cleans up the turnovers or you got Harburg that, can manage and and do some things well to get this offense to help complement the defense because I think you got a special defense. Right, I I think that you know defensively I don't think they even have I don't think that maybe they probably scratch the surface of what you can do with that defense. And uh, I think a lot of kids have had a chance to play. I think they got a good look and they'll get a a better look after this week exactly who. Who's what and where? Uh, I mean, you 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 saw the, um, uh, Wright come into the game, you know, and all of a sudden he's intercepting the pass, he's making some tackles, you know, and he he really hasn't been noticed until this week. Really, he's been out there, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, and made a couple of tackles, but um, you know, his height is a big thing in the, when you in coverage, and if he has the speed to do it. He's going to be a good either backup or starter. I think he's, you know, probably going to end up being a backup right now. But uh, he's he's a guy you're not afraid to put in the game, and that's what I think you're going to find out in these couple of games that they have to do. So it may be that if if things don't go haywire, that they'll use both the quarterbacks, and and he's going to have to make a decision the next week as to. Who's what? Now he has it wide open to do that. Now, see, he, you know, if he does that, it's, it's, you know, it's a quarterback to see who's going to be the best, who does the best job, and and that's that's easier for a coach to make a decision that way. It's Charlie McBride with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, Coach, when you just look at Heinrich Harburg's performance, one of the things that, that stood out to me, and we're going to get to defense here in just a second. We still have a few minutes left with you. But one of the things that stood out to me was the way that Heinrich Harburg really brought that physical element to the offense, leading by example from the quarterback position. And that's something that I don't think we've seen for a while from the Husker quarterbacks, but that was something that was standard in Husker quarterbacks of old. So I want to get your thoughts on just the physical nature that Heinrich Harburg brought to, to the offense on Saturday and what that can do for the rest of the team. You mean you like you like that part of it, right? I, I think <laughs> some people out there were a little worried about the injury concern, but I think that's what makes him him. So, yeah, I think so, I did. So you know, if you're going to run a quarterback, don't don't be worried about injuries. You run them, that, and if he gets hurt, that's the way you have taken that chance in the beginning. But I I totally agree with you. The physical part of it was noticeable. Um, I the speed part of it, you know, I think maybe if you had a straight ahead run, maybe Arbert would even be faster. I don't know, but. 
but uh, Sims has got some running ability. I mean, some a little more juice in, in his running ability. It's his. It's, it's the throwing part of it, and, and he throws the ball well enough. It's just the accuracy and the things that that he's. A, sometimes I think he's a little late pulling the trigger, and I don't think that Harburg is going to do that. I think he's going to throw it and. You know, I mean, he gets back there, he sees he's going to let her fly. And right now, it's just a hesitant, you know, a little bit of hesitation that I see in uh, Sims uh, throwing the ball. And not, I'm not an expert at that part of it, but uh, that's the one thing I do. I, I have seen enough of them that I do know sometimes what, you know, that they're thinking too much and, um, uh, reading into stuff and and making it, uh, you know, trying to do a, a thesis in between uh, the snap and throwing the ball. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of Coach, throwing the ball, you know, I mean, it, it, and, you know, you got to be tough throwing the ball. I mean, you have to just say, hey, you know, I'm going to, you know, do the best I can, but when I make a decision, I'm going to make it. I'm not going to sit around and think an extra hundredth of a second or two hundredths. I'm going to litter fly and i think that's where harburg is not afraid to do coach what what do you do if you're opposing defenses to mess with a quarterback that's had turnover problems or a guy making his second start well you tell them that if harburg's in the game you're going to get knocked out and if the (laughs) other guy's in the game just you'll just make the tackle Okay. You know, so, I mean, so I mean Harbor's yeah, a, a lot. I mean, he's a he's a he's a you know he's a kid that'll try to hurt you. You know, you and the other one is going to try to avoid you. Harbor's going to look you up, I think, a little bit. You know, but he has got some running ability now, and you know, and and I think if he got loose, you'd really be surprised how fast he really is. But. uh I think he's. I think he's a, a guy that when you see him out there is, is no question plays more physical than Sims does. Try. It's just a matter of physicals running his Sims's running ability and how he how he manages the team. Troy, let's flip gears here and talk some defense. Your speciality as uh, the Husker defense has impressed a lot of people through three games. The one thing, maybe if you want some more of it, is some turnovers. Tell me what you've seen from that Husker defense, and, and how would you work to, to get that defense generating some more turnovers? Well, if you look at the running part of the game, um, uh, the polar bear caused a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. I mean, he caused them a ton of problems in their running game because he when he got into people he, he you know when you talk about the pass rush kids talk more about sacks the pressure is the big thing before you start thinking about the sacks are going to come you want to get the pressure on the guy and and he did that he got he got the, the center back in the quarterback face and he got you know he did a lot of stuff and I think that was a big plus uh, that I didn't see in the other the other weeks and again it's the young guy trying to find his way and once he does good luck and uh, but I I saw a lot of kids 
that I was surprised at them playing that much. I think they got some guts to do what they did. Um, they they played a lot of guys. They found out a lot of things about a lot of people, and uh, you know, and I I can't write down everything because I I'm watching it in a different, you know, I don't get to see it over and over again. But I think that uh, you know that defensively, they're they should they're I mean when the ball snaps, there's going to be somebody around the football, and that's the thing I like to see. And they had. You know, if a guy caught a ball in the screen pass, you saw about six or seven guys whacking them, you know, right now. And that, those are the things that, you, you know, that, that when a defense shows up, that offensive guy doesn't like to see. And uh, neither do receivers, or neither do run guys that catch the ball. So, uh, you know, that's always in the back of their mind. <laughs> you know, if they catch it, what's going to, you know, where am I going to end up? And so... <laughs> Uh, but that's where I think there's – see, they're, they're starting to get um, some uh, – an image. You know what I'm saying? They're starting to get to that point where, you know, they're, they're declaring more on somebody. And, uh, <laughs> and, 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 and that's what I think is that you have to do defensively. I think as a team – you know, you can miss a tackle and have two or three, four or five other guys blast, blow the guy up. And, you know, right now, and but you didn't see a whole lot of guys running with the ball after they caught it. And that, that's a big thing. That goes in the running game and the passing game. Charlie I mean, McBride's in the running game, you know, you saw a lot of guys around the ball. And uh, that's the thing. And the thing that always bothers me about kids, if I see them loafing, and you, you know, away from the ball, then my answer to them is, what if the ball fumbled and if you had a hustled over there, you'd have recovered the fumble and the other team would not have recovered the fumble? Mm. You understand? If you get it. If you smoke it over there, you might get the fumble, you might be able to block for an interception, you might be able to do all... You can do all kinds of things, but if you're standing around and they're not doing that, they were the first couple of games. There's always one guy kind of wandering around in the back. And, um, you know, and those are the things that I think it's little things like that, that when that ball's in the air, you don't sit there and, um, oh, I'm amazed at how far that ball's going. You know, you're going at, you're going at down the field in case the guy catches it. Because you may get them from behind if you get down there quick enough and knock the ball out. Who knows what you can do? And Coach, uh, that's how guys well, make all American. I'll tell you that. I love it. Coach, you enjoy your week. We'll get caught up again next uh, Monday. How's that sound? Well, I feel a lot better. That's, I don't know. <laughs> win or lose, I know what. If you, you're going to get black and blue if you play that defense. <laughs> they're going to get after you. That's good. That's good news. Thanks it for is. having Coach, me. Appreciate you. I'll talk to you next week. Okay, bye now. All-State, two-year starter, and rush in for the big run and NFL vet. Is Dudeness or uh, Duder or, uh, you know, El Duderino, if you're not into the whole brevity thing. It's Blackshirt, Jay Moore with Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio, and we welcome in Blackshirt Husker NFLer Jay Moore joins the show, part of Blackshirt Mondays. 
Jay, got to be smiling about the performance as the Bumpus's Hounds have entered the uh, home studio. I uh, got to be smiling as a black shirt for that black shirt per- performance. Just uh, 11 points against Northern Illinois. Yeah. Obviously, we've known we, we got a pretty good one through the first two games, but now through three, these guys are pretty resilient. I was so impressed when Northern Illinois got that turnover, you know, early in the game and they got their own five yard lines and they didn't even sniffed the goal line. They hold them to three points in that situation. That's when you know your defenses are, are really, really good is in quick, sudden changes like that. And they did it multiple times at Colorado the week before was hold your team to three points. That's a, that's an absolute win for the defense in that situation. And uh, not only were they able to do that against Colorado uh, a, a couple times last week, they did it early on in the game against Northern Illinois you know, Nebraska goes down and gets a quick score, seven nothing, and then you get the ball. Nebraska, you know, gets the ball back, gets a turnover, and that that momentum can swing, you know, rather quickly. But you hold them to seven to three, and you still kind of grasp it a little bit. And that defense just kind of flexes muscle. You know, whether it's the the veteran guys, the the new guys that are that, that we've seen a lot from, everyone's playing at a very uh, high level and very in control. Uh, everyone's tackling very very well. Not a lot of leaky yardage so far through three games, and everything I've seen, I've, I've been, you know, it's been it's been so fun to watch because there's you can tell they're they're so well coached, they understand it, everyone's always in position, and, and like I said, if there was any anything that they needed to improve on is just create more turnovers. And they got one. I thought they got two. Uh, I thought Quentin Newsom's interception was close, but you know. Um, Jeff and Wright finally got that pick there. And uh, they could somehow create, you know, a couple more turnovers a game. We're, we're talking one of the best defenses that – I know it's only through three games. We're getting, to, we're getting to the meat of the schedule here coming up here in a couple weeks. But it's been, it's been, it's been good, man. I just – I don't, I don't want to get too far over my skis, but this defense is – they got something special going right now. It's Jay Moore with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Jay – Whenever you look at this defense, shades of 2009 at all, in your opinion, just in terms of, of what we've seen thus far? And I know you can look at the Colorado game as saying, well, the 2009 defense would never allow that. But that defense did allow 31 points against Texas Tech that season and, and what was otherwise an almost flawless season from the defense. Is that how far back you have to go just in terms of what this defense has done thus far to start the year? Probably. Yeah, I, I'm always hesitant to compare that defense just because you have, <laughs> you have uh, potential NFL Hall of Famers <laughs> that are part of that defense you with uh, you know with Sue and you know uh, you know Jared Crick was so good and, and the, the secondary was so fantastic with Prince and Gomes and Eric Haig and uh, uh, yeah, and the guy that always center. flies under the radar looking yeah. back Philip Dillard was a great linebacker on that team yeah mm-hmm. yeah I, I, Levante wasn't there yet, right? No, he got no. There the next no. year, he was one yeah, year away. That's what I thought. He got, yeah. So it's, yeah. You have to. I mean, there was obviously some really good talent, but I think Nebraska's got. They're finding some talent, and now with defense like this, you have to start talking about guys playing at the next level. And I think uh, Ty Robinson has stepped his game up. He's matured, uh, playing better consistently. Nash Hutchmacker is playing really, really good at the center, over over the center at that shade spot. Had a fantastic first half against Northern Illinois. You see all the young guys playing. Uh, you know, Jamari Butler made some great plays. 
Uh, Quentin Newsom, obviously, we know we've already know about him. But there's just more guys you kind of just that are popping up and like, oh yeah, I kind of forgot about him. And they're playing at a fairly high level already through such an early time of the season. So you'd like to think they can they can only get better. And I think they get better by creating more turnovers and getting off the field more on third down. But they're it's a damn good defense on first and second down. And I think they're going to keep Nebraska in it for the most part, I think, throughout the season just because they are, as long as everyone stays healthy. I know that's a topic of conversation on the other side of the football. But they stay healthy. This is going to be one of the better defenses of the Big Ten all year long. Jay Moore is joining us. Find him on Twitter at jmore44. Watch him every Tuesday night. Big Red Wrap-Up co-host. Uh, Huskers now on the board with that first win of the season. Jay, going into this ball game, uh, you know, what was the Jay Moore forecast like? How how did you feel as far as potential losability for this game? Because A, it's a backup quarterback. B, it's a Offense is still trying to find what they do well. And then C, it's a, it's a G5 school that's, you know, come in and won before. It's a winning program in Northern Illinois. You, you remember Troy also after the Colorado loss in 18. So Nebraska has dropped or squeaked by more of these games than just gone out and dominated in response to some adversity. Yeah, I was a little hesitant. I I think I predicted a 24-10 type of ball game, so it wasn't too far off. But my main concern was can Nebraska take care of the football for once? And through the first quarter, that was that was a concern, but they obviously didn't have any more turnovers after uh, Harburg was sacked there uh, down by the five-yard line. So that was, my, that was my main concern. And then you look, you know, what Boston College was able to do and hang in there with Florida State earlier in the day. And Northern Illinois won the road and beat Boston College at Boston College. Like, man, is Northern Illinois better? I know they lost the previous week to uh, Southern Illinois. But you always are a little hesitant when you got like a uh, whatever. Rocky Lombardi's been there since like 2006. <laughs> like, <laughs> like he's, he's about as old as I am, I feel like. Uh, so you have a, a veteran quarterback that's been – uh, that's that's played well at other places. You're always a little hesitant because not too much can can fluster them. Uh, but just going forward, I think you, if this team can, like I said, take care of the football, and this defense continues to play at the level that they're playing, I, I know Michigan's still tough, but I, I think they're going to have chances if they can take care of the football because I think the defense is going to keep them in it. And like I said, they can find. I know the running back situations is, is definitely. A We're lot, getting there. Yeah, is a lot is uh, is gotten a lot interesting here uh, over the last you know day or so. But if they can take care of the football, the defense keeps doing their thing. Uh, they're they're gonna have some winnable football games uh, in October and November. Yeah, Jay, running backs is where I was gonna go next because that situation got pretty hairy today. My question to you: Do you have any eligibility left, and do you have any interest in uh, toting the rock for the Huskers this year? Oh, uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> Eligibility, I don't know. I might be able to find some. Uh, this guy needs a new hip, so I wouldn't be much help. Uh, but, yeah, that's, uh, that's a big hit to, to this offense, uh, to a already struggling offense, losing Gabe Irvin and, and Ramir Johnson. I think Ramir does so many things really, really well, can catch it out of the backfield and is elusive and you know, is, 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 a, is a leader out there. He's, he's an older guy. 
And then Gabe Urban, what we've seen already through three games is he's a really good running back and he's already just bitten by the injury bug and being hurt as true freshman year than, than having the shoulder issue issue that so far through three games. And that's, that's tough. That's a tough hit. And, but luckily, you know, Anthony Grant, we know what he can do. Uh, had, you know, 70% of the running back carries last year. Not, this is an, an uncomfortable situation. Is this, you know, can he continue to carry, you know, handle the football well and carry it and not turn it over? Uh, you're going to have to get some young guys, Emma Johnson behind him and bring him up to speed and, and maybe another, another guy. You're going to lean heavily on the QB run game. You're going to see it, whether it's Sims or Harburg. You're going to have to lean on those guys to to continue to, to carry the football and, and, again, utilize your tight ends, utilize your, your wide receivers. And I, I know they're, they're not the most explosive offense in, at all. And, you rare, they, you know, I don't even know, other than other than the uh, pass the Bullocks there on third down, I don't know if they could, you know, on that kind of middle tunnel screen there, I don't know if they've completed a pass over 20 yards this year. So it's going to be interesting to see how this kind of plays out. Uh, but we'll, I'm sure they're going to they're gonna figure it out. It's going to have to – more on the quarterbacks now, more on the offensive line, and take care of the football. And luckily, your defense is one of the best in the Big Ten. And we'll kind of see how it shakes out against Louisiana Tech. And then and then the big boys come to town. And we'll see. <laughs> That's going to be – it's going to get real interesting. Continue to refine uh, what you are and what you can do well on offense and then – let that defense go do their thing with some consistent special teams. Jaybird, uh, when we talk about Emmett Johnson, there's some unknown other than some of his accolades. Uh, a guy that Ron Brown really liked. Ron's got a history of a good eye for talent, uh, be it at the skill spots or even a guy that has a high-level mentality. Uh, you also have Grant that is the most explosive back they have that just was somebody that you just had some trust issues with. Quentin Ives is is the freshman out of Jersey. He's a guy that wasn't uber heavily recruited. Temple and Stony Brook come to mind. But his, his ranking as a top 100 running back, his skill set at 185, 6'2", a bigger back, he'll get up to speed. E.J. Barthel has work to do with him is now a, a, a third or better option potentially. And, and then the, the first place your mind goes there, I think is that you do have from what Matt rule said preseason, an opportunity for guys that used to be on the scout team to, to come up and, and be able to, to earn a, a starting role because he said he's done that everywhere he's been in college. He's had a guy work his way up from the scout team up to a, to starting by the end of the year. And you're going to have a lot of opportunity in that running back room moving forward as Jay Moore is with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. For those following along on this stream, no one alerted me to the fact that it said Charlie McBride was on the phone for about the past 10 minutes. So I have a problem with you stream listeners. Those of you listening on terrestrial radio and podcast doesn't affect you at all, but the stream listeners, I, I'm looking out. Somebody, somebody should have alerted me is all I'm saying. We'll have uh, more with Jay Moore coming your way after the break as Hale Varsity Radio rolls forward as uh, Jay's going to get a little bit into the quarterback situation. That's next here on Hale Varsity Radio. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Jay Moore with us. Blackshirt Husker NFLer at Moore 44 on Twitter. You watch him on Big Red Wrap-Up, part of Blackshirt Monday. And 
you know, you mentioned quarterback run game. Let's go to the quarterbacks. And do you have a vote uh, with who you want to see behind center? Or are you uh, going to let practice play out? And do you think you need to see both on Saturday as you gear up for Michigan? Yeah, it's that situation has gotten much more interesting. And, you know, the lame answer is whoever gave your team the best chance to win. But mm-hmm. whoever – and that quarterback is who can take care of the football. And through two games, I know Jeff Sims has, has an issue taking care of the football. And I know it's not all his fault. But he's also had that issue at Georgia Tech. Henrik Harburg – he was hit as he was thrown. I'm at, that's not his fault. Now, there might have been some communication. I, I maybe had heard the offensive line thought it was a run. I'm not sure what, what happened there. But for the most part, Harburg handled the ball well, taking shotgun snaps, under center snaps, ran the ball a lot, finished runs, never had any issues. He had one throw over the middle. I think he tried to squeeze one into Fedoni that a linebacker or safety might have dropped. Not a great throw. But, again, he accounts for one turnover. So going forward, I want to play the guy who's just going to turn the ball over the least because I don't, you know, I think Sims is probably a little as is more experienced, and I don't know if he's more talented. I, I think arm strength wise and running capabilities, I think they're about the same from from my eye from seeing Harburg for one game and Sims for two. Um, so. I don't know. I, I think if if Sims is still the starter, I think you'll if he's able to play, you'll see him. But if there's some issues, I think Harburg has has given himself a chance to say, hey, I, I deserve every bit of a shot to go in there and, and compete because I, I won a football game and I took care of the ball. I made the right throws. I made some situations and um, I turned, you know, some bad situations into good. So it's it's tough because I just uh, – I, I, I firmly believe if you have, you know, two quarterbacks you don't have one i just don't like i don't like that situation i don't i think the quarterback's a is a in a spot where it's so hard because you want him you don't always want to be looking over your shoulder you don't want to be second guessing your throws second guessing your moves thinking thinking about too much you want to be able to know that i can go out here and compete and play and i'm not going to lose my starting job if i you know fumble a snap or throw but but again but if you if you've for in a sim situation, if you've constantly done that, that's still a problem. That has to be that has to be addressed, right? That has to be taken care of. That has to be discussed, and you're gonna have to have an adult conversation about it. It's like, hey, man, like you 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 were the guy, but <laughs> you you struggle take care of the ball, and we have a guy that we've we've seen in in a game, a real life game, take care of the ball better than you have. So. He's he's owed a chance too, uh, but I think going forward, if Sims is able to play, he's going to play. I think he's your guy, but I think that lease is rather short mm-hmm. right now. It's Jay Moore with us here on Hale Varsity Radio, talking quarterbacks. Jeff Sims, Heinrich Harburg, what we saw on Saturday, and what we expect moving forward. And Jay, how do you think uh, to marry these last two points together? How do you think what we know now about the running back position, how thin it is? How do you think that changes the quarterback argument, or does it, in your opinion, knowing? that you now have Anthony Gray and Emmett Johnson likely as your top two guys with not much depth behind. Does that change how you think Nebraska should handle this quarterback situation, or, or does it? Does it? are those two separate issues altogether? Yeah, I don't think it changes much. I just think you just know you're going to run your quarterback probably more. Or if not, I don't know. I mean, they run them plenty. I mean, huh. We've seen Sims run it and Harvard run it plenty through three games. 
I think you're just going to see that and you're always going to implement that. Because uh, I think your offensive line is just not a to where you want to be. So, you, like I've always said, you need that plus one in the run game. And you don't want that, you know, having the defense, having that free hitter all the time. So, I, I don't think they, they coincide or they, you know, one can't exist without another quarterback or a certain running back. And the relationship's not as drastic as uh, a QB relationship with a wide receiver or tight end. I, it's, you know, handoffs. And it's just really just trusting the guy behind you, I think. Anthony Grant, you can trust him for the most part to, to block and stay in there and, and hopefully he takes care of the football. Emma Johnson, a lot of unknown. Uh, he's going to get plenty of reps in practice this week, and they're going to try to bring him along as quickly as possible. And hopefully Gabe and Ramirez are there to help him out as well and talk him through things and sit in meetings and, and you know answer questions for him. But I think it's going to be, whether it's Heinrich or, or Jeff on Saturday, I think it's going to be the same plan no matter what. Uh, do, depending on, you know, whether or not you had Ramirez or Gabe Irvin back there. Jay Moore is with us. Jay will wind down and have you reassessed Nebraska's chances despite injuries at running back, despite question marks at quarterback, you have the defense, a little Iowa tribute, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> with the, the way Nebraska's winning ball games or at least playing competitively in them. Have you reassessed the West race? Iowa's there. Uh, with uh, this explosion of 41 points. But Wisconsin's not looked impressive. Illinois down. Minnesota was beatable. Uh, you don't get a second chance at them. Purdue's a mess. Northwestern's a mess. Can Nebraska climb the ladder in the West? They can. Like I said, I really, Michigan, I, that's – not going to happen. That's a loss. <laughs> I just don't care. I just, I don't Everyone's care already said. <laughs> I don't care how good your defense plays. I just they're they got a they're really good and they got a good defense too. Um, I just don't foresee that happening. But looking forward, you what you know, you got Purdue and Illinois. Those are winnable football games. Uh, I didn't think Illinois was a winnable football game, uh, but things have changed from last year. And even though it's on the road on a Friday night, I still think Nebraska is, is capable to go into Champaign and win, even though we've struggled there um, in the past. Uh, obviously, Northwestern has their issues. That's a winnable football game. Michigan State isn't great anymore with that, that whole situation. So I think that's become more of a winnable football game. So, yeah, I think they can. But I, it's, there's, there, I think the Big Ten play is – other than Michigan, I they're toss-ups to me. I, they, they can easily win them. They can easily lose them because you have a rough game defensively and the offense can't keep up. Uh, good luck. Or, you know, your defense could play lights out, but your, your, your offense struggles, turns the ball over, and you lose a game 7-3. to three. Mm-hmm. And that's easily – that could easily happen. You could lose to Illinois 7-3 to three or 10-6. to six. You know, and your offense turns the ball over twice inside, you know, deep in their own territory, and boom, your defense, you're able to hold them maybe a couple field goals, but then maybe they get a late t- I don't know. I think Iowa's probably the best in the West, and then Minnesota is, is next. So it's really just <laughs> – I don't know if you want to call it a pillow fight for the third third best, but it just might be. It just might just be a, just a back and forth, you know, teams are squeaking in wins and losses. I know it's not a pillow fight. I don't know it's, I'm just saying it's, it's just not going to be very clear cut. I think you I think Minnesota, even though Minnesota struggled at North Carolina, right. I mean, but Nebraska's already lost and 
I think Minnesota will 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 get some wins, but it's just not. It's it's. I feel like a lot of the teams are about the same. Mm. So Jay, basically, well, what what I heard you say there is, if you as a Husker fan haven't embraced Big Ten football just yet, you better uh, you better hop on the Big Ten football bandwagon now because. Yeah, I heard it's some would, ten to threes uh, and ten to sixes in there. Yeah, hammer those unders. <laughs> <laughs> Jay Moore says, "Put your son through college." Yes, <laughs> betting against the Big Ten West overs. That's I the love I, that's, well, that's the Iowa way, isn't it? Hey, it works. It works. <laughs> Jay Moore, find him, of course. Big Red wrap up. Follow him on Twitter at jmore44. Jaybird, thanks for giving us a few minutes, bud. Yeah, thanks, guys. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Wrapping up a Monday edition of Hale Varsity Radio, we are presented by ourselves here at uh, Hale Varsity as uh, we've had plenty of good show to bring you today. Back in hour one, we had open phone lines back for the entirety of the hour as we got some extended reaction to Northern Illinois and Nebraska, the play of the quarterbacks, as well as the news today that Gabe Irvin and Ramir Johnson. Uh, we'll be out for the rest of the season. Ramir Johnson with a shoulder injury, Gabe Irvin with a hip uh, injury, both of which are requiring surgery and will keep them out the remainder of the year. So we talked a little bit about Anthony Grant and the other running backs in the room. Also, uh, what we think about the quarterback dilemma and what the next five days will mean for Nebraska's quarterback situation moving forward. If you missed any of that, you can catch that full hour in podcast form as I'll have that in one easy, consumable place for you wherever you get podcasts in here an hour or two. We've had the Black Shirt Hour for you as Charlie McBride joined for his usual Monday segment back to lead off the hour. And we also had Jay Moore checking in for his usual extended sit down to give his thoughts on what he saw on Saturday afternoon, as well as his thoughts on the quarterback situation moving forward. So both of those interviews will be available in podcast form and the full show will be available in podcast form as well to search up Hail Varsity Radio on your favorite podcast streaming service and you should see us right there. You can also check out the video stream of the show on YouTube. The Hail Varsity YouTube page is where you go for that live or after the fact. If you catch it live, we appreciate you and you get access to the live chat. You get to give us your thoughts as the show goes on. If you catch it after the fact, the commercial breaks will be cut out for you, and you can find that, again, on the Hail Varsity YouTube page. Also, give us a follow on Twitter to catch the live stream at HVarsityRadio, at Schmidt underscore radio for Chris, who has left just a couple minutes early today. He's got some family engagements uh, coming at, uh, tonight at 6, so he had to make his way over there for that. And you can also find me on Twitter at Herbal Essences is where you can find me and give me a follow. So... With all of that in mind, one final point to bring you here before we close out the show, as uh, Mel Tucker has been given a formal written notice that Michigan State intends to terminate his contract for cause. That means no buyout for Mel Tucker. Michigan State believes that with the information that has already been made public in their investigation, they have enough to terminate Mel Tucker based on the terms of their contract. So Mel Tucker... Uh, will not be Michigan State's coach moving forward. That according to what The Athletic has reported today is Michigan State has given Mel Tucker a notice to terminate the contract. Not necessarily the most surprising. I think it is a little surprising that the investigation has not run its course, but Michigan State has seen enough. So maybe that makes Schmidt and I's roadie to East Lansing a little bit less interesting later this year. We still have plans in the works to make it out there to East Lansing. So if you're going to be heading out to East Lansing for Nebraska, Michigan State at the beginning of November, you can catch me and Schmidt out there as 
we've made it through Boulder. We need a bit of a reset period in terms of the roadies. They, they take them out of you. I'll tell you what. So uh, we got a, a couple weeks off in the roadies. A lot of Husker home games coming up as well. But we still have plans to make it out to East Lansing, despite the fact that Mel Tucker appears will not be the head coach. We have uh, plenty of good stuff coming your way later in the week with Hale Varsity Radios. Tomorrow we'll have Mitch Sherman join the show, his usual Tuesday segment. Uh, so that's coming your way tomorrow. On a Wednesday, we'll have Mike Babcock. And then Thursday and Friday, we get you geared up for Nebraska and Louisiana Tech. Dare we call it the revenge game for Dakotas Crawford as Dakotas Crawford really hasn't even played much for Louisiana Tech. Maybe it's a revenge game for Nebraska for Dakotas Crawford leaving the program or maybe it's a non-factor altogether. We'll get you geared up for the game Thursday and Friday though. Again, Mitch Sherman with us tomorrow. If you miss anything from the show today, check us out in podcast form or the Hale Varsity YouTube page. But uh, until we speak again, it's Elijah Herbal signing off for Chris Schmidt for Hale Varsity Radio. A Huda Media Production.